Welcome to Senior Living Arizona, where we take senior living to the fullest. Join us as we explore Arizona's hotspots and senior-friendly activities, collect tips for great fun and food, and talk about enjoying all that Arizona living has to offer. Brought to you by Senior Living Services in Arizona, please welcome our host, Linda Mettler. Hi, and thank you so much for uh, listening to my story this morning. I want to start out by being extremely transparent and letting you know that my husband owns a, uh, uh, several assisted and independent living facilities in Arizona. He is part owner of um, eight to nine facilities. And so I just want to give you that transparency before I tell you my story uh, of my experience recently with assisted living facilities uh, with my mom. Um, really, my story has nothing to do with him or his facilities or any type of endorsement. I just wanted to be very transparent up front and tell you that so, so that you know. Um, but I want to tell you my story. My name is Linda Berry, and I recently have been um, had to jump into the deep end of the pool of figuring out um, how assisted living situations work and looking for one and dealing with them and all of that. So I'm going to tell you what I've been through the past several months since November of 2022 and kind of my take on these things. And really, I am not here to make a commercial for any assisted or independent living facility. My story starts in California with my mother. Um, actually, what I really want to emphasize to you all is the need for an advocate for the person in your family that is a senior, whether that's your parent, your sibling, your friend, whoever it is that is a loved one in your family that is elder, elderly, and you feel at some point in time may need assisted living or a nursing home or even an independent living, um, I want to tell you my experience because maybe you can learn from it or relate to it or help me out <laughs> with it because it's certainly not over. Uh, my mother is almost 96 and has lived alone for, oh gosh, since she was 55. So has lived on her own in California in a townhome. And, you know, she she's very has always been extremely vibrant, extremely healthy and extremely independent. Right. Told me her whole life she was never going to go to an assisted living facility ever. Wouldn't even look at a retirement community an over 55 neighborhood. Nothing like that has always just wanted to live on her own make her own decisions, do her own thing. And you know what? That served her really well for most of her life. Um, she's extremely active, traveled extensively in, in her retirement years, in her 70s, all the way up to about 85. She traveled, traveled the world, Europe a couple times a year. Uh, she went on a safari in Africa. She's been to Turkey and Greece. I mean, you name it, she's been there. She's uh, also very um, health conscious, has, you know, eats very well, walked four miles a day, 
all those types of things. However, was not without health problems along the way. Um, she does have AFib, uh, which is a heart condition, and has had a couple of surgeries related to that um, in her late 80s and had two knee replacement surgeries, one at 85 and the second one at age 90. And that's really kind of when things um, became a little harder for her after her second uh, knee replacement at, at age 90. But she really, you know, did okay. Uh, she did have to, I'd say at about age, yeah, about age 90, 91, she had to, she lives in a, or lived in a townhome with two sets of stairs. Um, so kind of a, a tri-level and had to in, install one of those chair lifts on each set of stairs, which was fine. I mean, it really helped her, served her well. She was able to keep driving, uh, even though I was not a big fan of her driving. She did okay. Never had an accident, never had a ticket, kept driving. Well, last fall, uh, and, and the stair lifts worked great for her, but you know, I could tell the last few years she was slowing down. Also, I want to tell you that I am an only child uh, and my son is an only grandchild. So it's really just us. Uh, I live in Colorado and Arizona. My son lives in New York. My mom lives in Southern California. So anyway, um, which, which makes it a little trickier. And I could tell the past couple of years that she has been slowing down. You know, I've gone to visit her a little more frequently, tried to do some things to help her, uh, you know, have, have some groceries delivered during COVID, things like that. So, you know, I knew, I knew she was slowing down, but she's always been able to do things on her own, maintain her home, you know, get along pretty well. Well, last fall, uh, in the fall of 22, she came down with RSV. You might recall that was kind of going around and it hit her pretty hard. I didn't really realize it at the time how hard it hit her because my mom is the type of person that you can say, how are you? And she can feel really horrible and tell you she's doing great. She'll say, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. I just have a little bit of a cold or, or, oh, you know, I'm not feeling great today, but it's all right. I'll, I'll take some extra vitamin C and I'll get over it. That's, that's my mom. So, you know, I sort of kept tabs on her, called her every day or two, you know, um, but didn't, like I say, didn't really realize how bad it was. Then when I went out to see her at Thanksgiving, I realized she was really not feeling very well. I could tell she had lost some weight and that she was just didn't have any energy. So I took her to the emergency room um, the day after Thanksgiving. She was so stubborn. We sat there and waited for uh, over three hours, which she's also very impatient, um, which, you know, I think a lot of elderly people are, and I can certainly understand why. But by the time they were able to see her, she was fed up with the healthcare system. She was tired of waiting. She felt like crap. And said, forget it, I'm going home. And she left and went home. I was not happy with her. We didn't have a very good conversation the rest of that day. And the next day I left and went back to Colorado. Well, a, a day or two after that, 
I got a call from my mom's neighbor, who is just a wonderful, wonderful woman, has the same name as me, name is Linda. And she, my mom, she and my mom have been neighbors for 30 years. So my mom called her because my mom got, tried to get out of bed and couldn't, couldn't stand up. I mean, she fell down immediately and just, you know, didn't have any strength at all. My mom had not been eating for several weeks or had not been eating very much uh, for several weeks and just became very weak. So her neighbor, Linda, rushed her off to the, called me and then rushed her off to the hospital. I flew out immediately, of course. And um, my mom was in the hospital for a week, uh, over a week, actually. And so what, what I really want to emphasize here or what I want to tell you here, and I'm going to continue on with the details of my story, but what I want to emphasize here at this point is this happened. My mom has not gone back to her home since that day. So that first time that she was in the hospital in November, she was there for a week, but her whole life changed. And it changed literally overnight. She got out of bed that morning, couldn't stand, couldn't walk, and had to be rushed to the hospital and has not been home since. So everything changed. Everything in her life changed and everything in my life changed. Um, And it's, you know, we've had to find a new normal. And it's really been kind of a crazy, gosh, three, four months now. So I'm going to continue on with telling you what happened, but I'm going to back up for a minute first. So back last fall before this had happened, I I had actually, like I said, a few minutes ago, had started to see my mom slow down a little bit. I was trying to get her to consider, you know, moving to a facility that had independent and assisted living. And there was a place in Southern California that the only place that she would probably have ever considered um, in La Jolla. So I took her to see it. And that was before any of this happened, before she got sick. I took her to see it. She considered it, actually looked at the independent living building that they had and had put a deposit down on an apartment. I think she had mostly done that to make me happy. I don't really think she thought in her mind that she would ever move there. Okay, so fast forward to November. She's in the hospital uh, for several days. I flew out, of course, right away and immediately got thrown into the wonderful healthcare system that we have and found out right away. I I showed up at the hospital, you know, they were giving her IV fluids, doing every test known to man, couldn't really find anything wrong other than she was very malnourished um, because she had just kind of stopped eating. She was recovered from the RSV, but very malnourished, very weak, barely able to walk. So they immediately, you know, started some physical therapy in the hospital and assigned her a case manager and recommended that my mom go to either a skilled nursing facility or a respite care facility, which, of course, devastated my mom to learn this. Right. So one of the things I found out on in the healthcare system is that every single day, 
even though they assign a quote unquote case manager in the hospital, every day you have a new case manager. So they start over every day, every single day, not every other day, but every single day I had a new case manager coming to talk to me and I had to go over the entire situation with them again. It was extremely frustrating to me, extremely frustrating. And in addition to that, she had a new doctor about every two days. Um, The doctors were wonderful. The hospital was wonderful. She was in Scripps Memorial Hospital in La Jolla. Wonderful hospital. Caretakers could not have been nicer, more attentive, or more caring. They were, I just, I have nothing but wonderful things to say about them. But the system is really, really difficult. And this is just the beginning part of my story. So wait till you hear about the second hospitalization, probably in the next episode. It gets even, even dicier, but well, I don't want to digress. So, or jump too far ahead. So I called, what I did was I called the independent living um, facility that my mom had been looking at because they also had assisted care. And I called them and asked them for recommendations and for a little bit of guidance. So they sent their nurse over to do an assessment of my mom in the hospital. And they determined that they would be able to give my mom the level of care they needed or that she needed at the assisted living center without me having to send her to a full-blown nursing home situation. So, and at that point in time, everybody expected my mom to make a full recovery within two to three weeks and be able to transition over to the independent living uh, unit that she had been looking at. That was much more agreeable to my mom, although none of it was really agreeable to my mom. That was really much more, um, you know, digestible or or agreeable to my mom than than just going to a skilled nursing facility and I really did not want to have to do that so we I agreed we we transferred her to the assisted living facility um for her you know really just to their respite care room um or studio for her to try and get her strength back and get a little bit better So I will uh, end this episode right here, but what I do, well, I guess I won't end this episode right here because what I really want you to understand or what I really want to tell you is how much you need to start thinking about these things before these things happen because they literally happen overnight. And yes, I had thought about it. I had thought about, okay, what's going to happen when this day comes? Well, the day comes and your brain is so scrambled. If you live out of state or out of town, you've got to stop what you're doing and get to your parent. You, you've got to be able to keep your emotions in check. You've got to be able to understand how the healthcare system works. You've got to digest a lot of medical information, a lot of medical information. You've got to be able to be compassionate and show love and concern for your parents or, or your loved one, could be your, your spouse, um, could be a friend. Uh, I'm just, you know, talking on, on my story about my parent, my mom. 
So you've got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to communicate with other family members and you've got to be able to make decisions. You've got to be able to do all of that in a short period of time when you're in a highly emotional state. And, you know, for sure, you're going to be operating on very little sleep because when this does happen, you're, you're going to have some long days. Um, you know, I literally flew to California. I think it was nine, 10 o'clock in the morning when I found out I flew to California. Uh, I was there. I got there. I was, you know, in the hospital with my mom until probably midnight that first day back at the hospital by seven or 8 a.m. every day and was there 10, 11 hours a day. Extremely exhausting. Um, my regular life as I knew it ceased to exist. Uh, you know, when I'm there doing things with my mom or taking care of her in the hospital, it's, it's a hundred, it requires a hundred percent brain power. I was not able to text people, email people, talk on the phone. None of that. I mean, I might as well have not even had it. Um, I, I, I did. I should, I'm probably being a little extreme there. I did. I was able to manage a few a few, you know, crucial things work-wise to, to get done, but not much, not much at all. So your life literally changes overnight. Uh, and there are so many things to think about. But the one thing, and I'm going to continue my story in, in my next episode, but the one thing that just comes so clear to me through all of this is that your parent or loved one or spouse needs an advocate through this entire process. And if you don't feel you can be that advocate, I, I would certainly understand. There are days that I don't feel like I can be a good advocate. I do my best every single day. I love my mom, of course, and will do anything for her till the end. Uh, but if you don't feel that you can be an advocate for that person, find somebody who can. Um, and there are, you could have more than one. Uh, if you have siblings, you know, my advice is going to be divide and conquer because you're going to have healthcare issues. You're going to have financial issues and you're going to have just the issue of who's going to maintain things on a daily or weekly basis. So I'm going to uh, end this episode here and I'm going to continue it in my next recording. I'm going to start where I leave off with my mom transitioning over to the assisted living center for um, what we thought at that point in time was going to be a temporary stay. And I will tell you the rest of my story from there. Thank you so much for joining us today on Senior Living Arizona. Please share this podcast with friends and family and help seniors find the way to live life to the fullest. Help Senior Living Arizona increase our reach by taking a few moments to write a review. Senior Living Arizona is dedicated to bringing helpful tips that support aging successfully. Please reach out to us with topics you'd like us to cover. You can find us on social media at Senior Living Arizona and on the web at www.slscommunities.com. 